people ask us all the time, you know, what do you know now that you didn't when you first started? And the answer is we have more questions than than we had when we first started. I mean, I don't think we'll ever know exactly what it is out here we're communicating with, but I think you got to keep an open mind and you got to keep, you know, pushing forward and, and looking for new ways to investigate. And like Chris said, I don't think we're going to know the answer. And I honestly, my belief is I don't think we're meant to know. I mean, I love communicating and trying to find evidence, but I'm not the guy to figure out why. Why somebody or something is, quote unquote, haunting this place. Or if it is something with extraterrestrials, why are they visiting here? I don't think we're meant to know. I think it's the thrill of the chase is what keeps people like me going after it. Welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with both Chris Smith and Mike Gonsalves. Chris is the founder of the Wraith Chasers, which is a paranormal organization comprised of Chris, Brandon Smith, and Mike. You may know them as the Tennessee Wraith Chasers from shows such as Ghost Asylum, Haunted Towns, and Haunted Live on the Travel Channel, with Doogie and Scott Porter also being heavily involved in their investigating. Mike Gonsalves is known as the tech guru for the Wraith Chasers, and has 15 years of experience in the music industry. Mike got his first taste of the paranormal world while working on the show Ghost Asylum. Though Chris and Mike have different backgrounds, they both bring their unique talents and perspectives to the Wraith Chasers, as they travel around the world to some of the most haunted locations and try to document the things that go bump in the night. Our conversation ranges from what first got them involved in the paranormal field, to some of their most profound evidence, and even what it was like working with Demi Lovato on the new series Unidentified, which just launched on Peacock TV on September 30th. It's a little hard to sit back and relax when it comes to some of these stories. But why would you want to do that anyway? It's spooky season. So get ready to question the world around you a little more, and maybe sleep with the light on tonight, as you listen to Chris Smith and Mike Gonsalves' journey with the Wraith Chasers. So, welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your busy evening to sit down and chat with me. It's our pleasure, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having us. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, I'm super excited to get into this conversation. So, we are here to talk primarily about what you both do in the paranormal field. And, Chris, I'll start with you. You are the founder of the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, which can be seen doing investigations on shows such as Ghost Asylum, Haunted Towns, and Haunted Live. Can you briefly talk about what got you inspired to form the Tennessee Ray Chasers to begin with? Yeah, um, actually, it was kind of happenstance. I never thought that I would be interested in this kind of thing. If you would have asked me this in my early 20s, I would have told you, you know, you're nuts. <laughs> Anybody who said <laughs> that they saw a ghost or heard a ghost, you know, I, I would have probably laughed at them. But, I mean, you really have to kind of experience it for yourself to believe it. I always tell people to be very skeptical of it until you, you know, run across something yourself, which is what happened to me. Uh, I was probably about 28. I was up in my grandfather's barn. It's about a 150-year-old barn. It's a big pile of wood now, unfortunately. Um, but I was looking up there for some tires one day. It was about dusk. 
and I saw something that I couldn't explain. It looked like a man, but he was completely black from head to toe. You couldn't see through him like a shadow. Uh, it moved in a way that I couldn't explain. Uh, it scared the hell out of me. And I tell people this all the time, and there are probably some people who've already heard this. <laughs> I know Mike's probably sick of hearing this story, but <laughs> after I, I ran home and changed my drawers, I had a lot of questions about what I had seen. And, you know, your first instinct as a human being, um, you're afraid, and your second instinct is curiosity. So that's kind of what started me on this path. Oh, that's so cool. And I, I love that story. I didn't know the full gritty details of it. I kind of read the bio on you know, the Travel Channel website and other places and things like that. But no, it's it's awesome to hear firsthand from you about that. Now, Mike, I'm going to switch it over to you to hear your backstory. And what I find so interesting is that from what I'm gathering, your background started in the music field where you've had, you know, over 15 years of experience, both as a musician in the band Hip Kitty, as, you know, as a songwriter, producer, and then you got your first taste of the paranormal field working on the show Ghost Asylum. So can you briefly explain what you got you curious to start dabbling in the paranormal field to begin with? Yeah, man. Um, like I said, 15 years, 15 plus years, uh, just touring, traveling, recording, uh, and happened to be off the road from touring, recording a new album and, um, knew a couple of the guys from the gym. So they were just like my ghost hunting buddies from the gym. So it's like once we, when I was off the road, I'm used to living out of a suitcase and traveling. So I'm like, and they're about to start a new season of uh, ghost asylum. Uh, this is prior to exorcism live so uh i'm like hey man can you hit me up with a gig you know it's like i want to get back out on the road and they're like oh we can probably get you a production gig it's nothing fancy and i'm like look it up you know it's like sounds good to me i just want to get back out on the road so uh the paranormal is something i always believed in i just never sought it out in any way but uh if anybody out there work production um you do a lot of things by yourself when you're on set and in these locations and I think I experienced stuff when I was younger, but I just can't put my finger on it to say what I thought it was or anything. Never really that curious about it. But then working behind the scenes on that show, I experienced a lot. Saw a lot of things, heard a lot of things, and I was like, this is really cool. And it's like, I just jumped in on the deep end. It's like I never started off small. I never watched Ghost Hunters. I never watched Ghost Adventures. To this day, I've never seen it. <laughs> and um, so it's like, I just kind of learned my own way. I just thought this was really cool. I mean, I really got into actually TV production first. So it's like I, I jumped from, a, did a few different shows, some with MTV, a few things with a comedy network. And I really dug the uh, production side of uh, TV and how it works. And um, But then over time, just did more investigations, a few residentials, uh, some public ghost hunts. And just over to like a six year period, um, became part of the team and did season... One of Haunted Towns, I did production and a little bit in front of the camera. We did Haunted Live in 18, and then in 2019, it was full cast on season two. And it just, I mean, it was enough for me to just switch gears. Something that ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a rock star, you know? And it's like <laughs> tour and play with bands and play guitar, and I did that, you know? So it was definitely a new adventure, and it's something that I was like, I can get into this. So passionate enough about it to switch gears for sure career paths yeah definitely and what i find so interesting too is that you both have just different backstories and experiences with it but then you ultimately you know came together for the common cause and worked together so i, I don't know i love those kind of stories i think that's really awesome so i'll switch it back over to you chris um now, once someone's, I guess, kind of had one of those paranormal experiences or something that piques their curiosity with it, 
If someone's interested in getting more involved in the paranormal field, what's the best piece of advice you can offer for getting started? Um, well, you know, I did the, a show called Ghost Hunters Academy, and that was kind of my first experience investigating with other people uh, of like minds. Uh, I did two episodes with uh, Stephen Tango from Ghost Hunters. I did one in New Jersey and one in St. Augustine, Florida. And, uh, you know, that was a really fun experience for me. So, you know, I kind of, like Mike said, I dove in the deep end. I dove in head first um, with those guys, which is a little different from any other experience you're going to get started with. Um, but before that, you know, months before that, I basically did it on my own. Uh, everybody told me I needed to join a team. Even Steve, Stephen Tango said, you need to go back home to Tennessee and find a local paranormal team, join and get involved. But everybody I saw, they just, I don't know, I, I couldn't connect with them. Uh, they, they were very strict about their belief system. They were either way technical or way on the other side. You know, they were, you know, burning sage and having, you know, uh, <laughs> rituals and things like that. You know, things that I wasn't into. And then on the other side, I was kind of somewhere in the middle. So I really couldn't find my place among the community here in Tennessee. So I just kind of decided to do my own thing for a long time. But I would tell someone, if you want to really get into this, um, I think it is important to find some, some people who are of like mind. And it's going to be tough, I think, for for some, if you're like me. Um, but if you really want to do it yourself, you know, get permission to go to some, you know, renownedly haunted places or some, some local places that are known to be haunted. And all you really need is a flashlight. Um, we tell We get this question all the time, what's your favorite piece of equipment? Um, and we tell them on the technical side, the best piece of equipment still, which was my first piece of equipment is a digital recorder. You can buy one at Walmart for like 40 bucks. Um, and you get a lot of really good stuff sometimes on those digital recorders. But if you're really looking for a personal experience, you don't really need anything fancy. You don't have to go out here and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on equipment. You just go to a place and if you're genuinely curious um, go in there and start asking questions by yourself, get in the dark, get on kind of, uh, an emotional level, you know, get, you kind of got to get on the same, uh, wavelength as whatever spirit is inhabiting the location and just try to, you know, sometimes you just sit there and you just listen and you watch and you wait for them to come to you. I think another important thing is to keep an open mind, be skeptical, but open-minded. Don't think everything's a ghost. Try to debunk you know, if you hear something, see something, go to it. Try to see if you can explain it uh, with natural causes and theories. But if you can't, then maybe possibly. Then this, it's still a maybe. It's still not, oh, that's definitely a ghost. But uh, I would definitely say get a flashlight. If you want to get a piece of equipment, don't go crazy. Just get a digital recorder. Go find a haunted spot and just sit in the dark and see what happens. Yeah, so many great pieces of advice there. I love so much of that. Um, and ultimately, yeah, like if you, if you don't see what you want out there to just create it yourself, I'm, I'm definitely big on that mentality as well. So yeah, Mike, uh, anything you want to add to that about tips for getting started or anything? Um, no, I mean, we, we pretty much have the same, uh, feel on that. It's, we do public ghost hunts pretty much every week and we get to see quite the variety of people. Um, and it's great in a way. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, we're all individuals. We all have our different techniques. We all have different beliefs. So it's like, it's like, I like when you see people implement that into their investigation. Some people go a little overboard and without calling those kind of people out, I think we know what we mean, but um, <laughs> you know, it's like, we're not Bible thumpers, but we're Christian guys, you know, by no means perfect, but I compare it a lot to my belief. It's like, if somebody said to me, prove to me, there's a God, I can't, 
you know, mm-hmm. you have to experience that for yourself, you know, and that's, that's faith. You know, I can, I can, I believe in them wholeheartedly, but I can't prove it to you. You need to experience that. And I think that's a big part of this also. If somebody says, ah, there is no such thing as ghosts. It's like, well, maybe there's not. I believe so. I believe it is, you know? So it's like, definitely find your own way of doing it. You know, like I said, I think that's a benefit for me of not growing up watching ghost hunters and ghost adventures and everything else is I kind of found my own way of doing it. I didn't do this cause Zach does it or do this cause Steven Tango do, do it. You know, I think we just kind of found our own way of doing, I found my own way of doing it. And I believe it's pretty similar to the way Chris investigates. If we do something on our own, it's pretty much a recorder to capture it. If we did get something, but it's sitting in the dark and just trying to make a connection, you know, getting that experience. Cause a personal experience goes way beyond than something you can have on camera or audio, you know, it's like, and they mean a lot, you know, and the people that come out and we see that and they have that personal experience, you know, you can't take that away. That's something they'll live with forever. No, so true. So so many great tidbits there. Um, especially the parallel with religion and, uh, and ghost hunting really. And that how it's just so much more powerful when you have that personal experience yourself, that's what's going to propel you and keep you, interested or or pique your curiosity and keep you moving forward with it. So, no, I love that. And uh, I'll switch it back over to you, Chris. Uh, Over the years, you both have traveled to some pretty notable locations to do investigations, such as Gettysburg, Salem, Savannah, and Bisbee. Is there a certain location or experience that really impacted you? Oh, man, there's been so many. Like Mike said, we we do this every week in a different state. Um, So we get to, you know, we, we have the pleasure of doing it all the time. But, um, yeah, there are a few that stand out. Uh, I can say Cannon Memorial Hospital, Banner Elk, uh, North Carolina. Uh, my brother had a kind of a negative experience there that really um, reminded me that sometimes this, this stuff can be very serious. You know, Mike kind of hit on something earlier where, you know, some of the, the people, they take it a little too far. I think some people do it for attention. Some people, uh, you know, they go a little overboard with certain things, but... And, you know, you kind of get that mentality after doing this every weekend that, you know, it's a little, that you keep things light and you try to keep things light and you you sometimes forget that it can go serious and it can go dark pretty quick. Uh, Some of these entities, I do believe, have malicious intent. Uh, I'm very few and far. Like, that's only, I can count on one hand and I don't even need all my fingers on that one hand uh, (laughs) to count how many times I've experienced anything negative. That was one of the times. Um... I just feel like it was the location and it was whatever was inhabiting that location had an effect on every team member. It had an effect on the crew members. Uh, and my brother was just the brunt of it. You know, I think it just, I think whatever energy you bring into an investigation, that's the energy you're going to get back. Uh, and it's going to reflect and it's going to, you know, sometimes it can do damage. And I think that's what happened. So that one stands out for me. And it kind of reminds me that you need to, to stay humble. And we pray. Some people burn sage. Some people do different things to protect themselves. Uh, and it just, it was a reminder of me that it can get serious, you know. So keep it, you know, make, make sure you protect yourself uh, at all times. And then there's another place that is very... Uh, it stands out to me is Craig Font Mansion, and it's here very close to home. Uh, we grew up, well, I grew up about half an hour away from it, and it was built in the 1700s. And uh, there were a lot of land wars. Uh, the General Winchester built the home in the late 1700s and fought the Native Americans for the land. There was a lot of bloodshed. And that place just, it has a lot of bloody history, and it has a lot of paranormal history. 
And it was one of those places when you're a teenager, you walk up to the window at night and you try to look in and see if you can see a ghost and the caretaker runs you off, you know, and calls the cops. And, uh, you know, we got the the opportunity to investigate there um, solo. We ended up doing a, an episode of Haunted Live there. But before that, Mike got us access to the place and it was just the team. It was literally just the five of us. They gave us the keys to the whole place and we all took turns going in solo we all kind of try to test our bravery a little bit and i usually never have a problem with that but for whatever reason this place just really gave me a bad feeling it was very foreboding as soon as you walk in you just feel like things are looking at you and it doesn't feel like it's good and i'm not a feel kind of guy i i don't have i'm not a, a psychic i'm not a medium i'm not sensitive to you know this type of stuff uh you know i use my eyes and ears and this is the only place i've ever been to that i actually felt like something wanted to do harm to me and that one probably those two stand out the most to me uh but they all they each have a special place in my heart all the hundreds of places that we've been to over the years they all kind of have one thing or another that uh you know kind of hangs around in the file cabinet upstairs (laughs) yeah definitely no so many great uh tidbits to those stories and i noticed that on the show haunted towns you guys would you know pray before investigation stuff like that because uh no, I agree. Like, I think intention plays a, a big role in it, too. So, um, Mike, uh, do you have any locations that stick out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I love Craig Font, but it's like I, I didn't grow up in this area, so I don't have that, uh, like, hometown legends and stories behind it. Uh, but it's definitely a cool location. If one really stands out, uh, we're actually hitting it October, mid-October, is Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia. We've been there Gosh, a good, I would say almost 10 times already. And there hasn't been one time being there that uh, I haven't experienced something. Uh, the only place where I saw, saw a full-bodied apparition, I've had some of my best EVPs there, uh, disembodied voices. In case you don't watch paranormal shows religiously like I do, an EVP is an electronic voice phenomenon and are captured on electronic recording devices, like a digital recorder that Chris mentioned previously. These sounds are interpreted as being spirit voices and are generally brief, either being a word or a short phrase. Piggybacking on what Chris said previously, buy yourself a digital recorder and try to capture some EVPs of your own if this concept interests you. You never know what you'll find. It's one of the few places when we do visit it, we spend the night there. I'm not a feel guy either, but it is creepy as hell sleeping in a place like that. I mean, we're not on a floor like a dungeon, but... um. We have a bed, but it's still, there's just, there's still something about it. I mean, you can hear voices at night. You think it's the other guy from the other room, but it's not. Uh, Chris had his, uh, as it on video, the bedroom doorknob jiggling. I mean, I think it was not the last time, the time before is funny. The three of us were there, Chris, Brandon, and myself. And when we went to bed, we found things in the house. Uh, like Brandon had a little garden hoe next to his bed. Uh, Chris found like a, a, a kitchen knife. And then it's like, you think about it the next day and you're like, all right, if it is a ghost, that's going to get us that garden hoe and kitchen knife aren't going to get it. But <laughs> it just goes to show what, what your mind does to you in the middle of the night when you're like, I don't, I don't feel unsafe, but it just feels eerie. You know, I don't walk into it. We've been to Bobby Mackey's. It's known as the portal to hell. I never walked in there and go, Oh no we're going to die tonight. You know, I never feel that way, but, Mm -hmm. uh, the exchange hotel stands out and cause there's, I don't think there's been one time where I didn't experience something. So I love that place. I'm glad we're going back. It'll be our last time. 
hitting it this year in mid October. Yeah, no, for sure. That'll be, that'll be cool too. And, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Bobby Mackey's in there as well, because every time I watch something on that, I mean, that place looks, looks crazy, but, um, I need to definitely watch more episodes and documentaries and stuff on the exchange hotel. Cause that sounds really cool. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Chris, I'll switch it back to you. What, in your opinion, is the most profound paranormal evidence you've stumbled across in your investigating? Oh, man. <clears throat> That's another tough one. Um, and, you know, it's not that we've caught so much. I mean, really, people have to understand when you're doing this, you know, you don't get discouraged uh, if it takes a while to get something good. I mean, some people, they want to make something out of nothing. I can't tell you how many times uh, people bring me orbs and mm-hmm. if it's not in video form you know i usually tell them i don't even want to look at it <laughs> because <laughs> if you can't if you can't see the pattern if you can't see the path that it takes and i can't you know see how it moves and if it's intelligent in its movement really you have to throw every orb you find out because there are so many anomalies that a, a camera will will make an orb out of i mean moisture dust uh, bugs. There are so many things, even sometimes when you have movement. But really, I feel like if you're going to catch an orb, you need a video. you got to have video of the orb. I've seen orbs where they intelligently move around, and they go through a wall, and you actually physically hear uh, the orb smacking into the wall or, or shutting a door, or I've seen them fly up into the attic, and the attic door moves. Uh, you know, those to me are like orbs. People <laughs> will bring me a photo of them at a cemetery at night in the middle of the summer, uh, and they'll show me, like, look at all these ghosts. And it's really, it's literally just moisture. It's just the light reflecting off of every single drop of dew that's floating around in the air. And people, you know, they're very gullible. And they just, I mean, I think you really got to be skeptical when you're going through your evidence because there are so many things you can throw out, and you got to be analytical about it. But I would think, uh, you know, for me, it, it's a video that we caught in um, Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma City, and this is on an episode. We actually filmed there. Um, it's called St. Vincent's Mental Home. I hope the place is leveled by now because that place was so dangerous. I don't know how we got permission <laughs> to even go in that place. There was rebar hanging from the ceiling. Uh, it was so dilapidated. And season one, it was season one when we filmed there, and we really uh, <laughs> stretched uh, the limits, I think, of our insurance company trying to, you know, go into some of these places. Because I think when we finished filming, it was like a couple months later, we heard that one of the locations in Mississippi we filmed, they found a dead body in there. So <laughs> oh, some geez. of these places, some of these places were really questionable. But anyway, uh, I digress. We were in Oklahoma City, and my brother was filming very haphazardly. Brandon doesn't really, he's, we don't really give him a camera very often because he doesn't pay attention to what he's filming. Um, he was filming the floor and the ceiling and in our asses and every other thing. And, you know, he was just, he happened to be passing by this hallway and he caught what looks like a man that you can kind of see through, but he looks almost like he's made of water. It's kind of hard to explain. And it's on our YouTube channel if you want to see it, but he kind of comes out of a wall and he stops and he looks at the camera and then he keeps walking into another wall, and it almost looks like he's dragging a body. And Ooh. it's to me, it stands out because I remember seeing that the first time, thinking, "Wow, this is just another reminder that this stuff is—it's it, weird, it's unexplainable, and it does exist." Because there's so many, you, you kind of get jaded 
from seeing certain things that people bring you all the time. We do this every weekend. People bring you stuff, and it's like, come on, that's not a ghost. That's, you know, that's obviously your shadow. That's this, that's that. So when you do find, you know, a monumental holy grail moment, it, it really kind of brings you back, you know, and gets, gets you excited again. So I think that was one of the, the moments where it's like, yeah, that's that's definitely something I can't throw out. Yeah, that's a that's a really solid piece of evidence there for sure. I'm gonna have to dig up that video now. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, Mike, do you have a other than a garden hoe by the bed? Do you have anything uh, <laughs> profound in your investigating? <laughs> oh man, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'd have to think on that one long and hard. Uh, I'm gonna go back to uh, what Chris said earlier to an earlier question. They all stand out to me in different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Filming and not filming Hawaii, obviously to be in Hawaii is great, but just, it was so different for their belief system, very spiritual people. So it's like, you, you kind of tackle that investigation a little different, just with just a little bit lighter approach. You know, you just don't know what you're getting into when you're dealing with people like that, it's pretty much like native Americans. So it's like, that stands out to me being in places like that. Um, Hopefully next year at this time, I can say being in the UK for the first time stands out to me. <laughs> we finally get to go overseas in uh, March, but uh, every place that we've been to stands out to me in some small way. Maybe some places stand out like a dud, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, no, no offense to it, but again, some people, I'll use this as an example. We, We've done Q&As with uh, Steve, Ghost Hunter Steve, many times, and he says Waverly Hills is one of his top favorite places to investigate granted about i've only been there one time but i experienced zero nothing yeah and it just goes to show different locations are different with different people i don't i can't say the place isn't haunted i had no connection with it you know i think you have to find a connection with the place yeah no so true yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Hawaii, too, because it definitely does have a different energy there. I, I went in high school. Um, I, I've been dying to go back, you know, ever since, just to kind of go in and soak in an experience. And um, there's another podcast I listen to, Stories with Sapphire, and she says some really interesting stuff on there about, um, you know, different Hawaiian, like, folklore and, and stories. And it's it's all really fascinating stuff, for sure. Right. Now, I guess I'll, I'll switch it back over to Chris here. So I see you both recently posted about a new show with Demi Lovato called Unidentified, which you can stream on Peacock TV. Can you talk a little bit about the show and your involvement with it? Sure, man. It was a it was a blast. It was a joyride. Um, we got to work with Demi. And to be honest with you, like I and, you know, I'm I'm 40 years old. So Demi Lovato, amazingly talented. I, I honestly had never really listened to any of her music until we filmed the show uh there's one scene in there where we're investigating with her um and i you know she's relatively new to paranormal investigation i think she's been doing the ufo hunting for a long time but you know we tried to bring in our expertise on this particular case to try and find a common ground between the two and i think there is a common ground i think they're they are related in a certain sense um and she she sang uh, during the investigation because sometimes when you you use emotion, 
you can really bring out whatever's there. It's just, you know, anytime you're emotionally compromised or you let yourself become a little vulnerable, sometimes they do the same and you can kind of meet on the level. And she sang and it was just like, wow, <laughs> this girl is like the first time I ever heard her sing. But I was like, wow, this girl, this is why she's rich and famous. But <laughs> no, it was a great experience. We got to go to a location that we can't, uh, well, I mean, I know this is going to be aired by the time this location's already uh, <laughs> out, but I, I, because of contracts, I feel weird about even saying anything uh, revealing the location. For sure, yeah, that's fine. But it's a place that we've always wanted to investigate. It's an amazing location. It's out west. We don't get to go out west very often. But yeah, we were just trying to find kind of a correlation between extraterrestrials and paranormal activity. And I, I definitely think this is something we're going to look further into, and it kind of opened our minds a little bit more, which is always good in the paranormal field because everything is hypothetical. Everything, there's nothing factual. You know, everything is theory. So it just adds another theory. And we continue learning every time we investigate another place, another location. And I, people ask us all the time, you know, what do you know now that you didn't when you first started? And the answer is we have more questions than than we had when we first started. I mean, I don't think we'll ever know exactly what it is out here we're communicating with, but I think you got to keep an open mind and you got to keep, you know, pushing forward and, and looking for new ways to investigate. And this gave us a very cool opportunity to do that. Yeah, no, so true. And, and really interesting what you mentioned too about uh, kind of just being vulnerable or using singing as like a, as a way to also borderline like just put yourself in that state of mind and everything during these that's really interesting no i'm really excited to uh to watch unidentified for sure so uh mike do you have anything else you you want to add for unidentified in particular um no uh pretty much along the same thing it was uh definitely uh a great experience brought new light to our i don't want to say belief system uh, just a new element to what we do and again to tag on what chris said it, it i'm sure it just brought in 50 more questions at least, you know, <laughs> but is there a connection, some sort of connection between the paranormal and extraterrestrial encounters or just UFO sightings? And I know this is just my one experience actually in it, but it just kind of opened up a few more things, my way of looking at things where I, I believe it possibly can be, you know, it kind of, it tackles into so many more questions and theories of uh, time to time travel to, it, it just, it's above and beyond of what I think we can even comprehend, you know, yeah. as humans. And like Chris said, I don't think we're going to know the answer. And I honestly, my belief is I don't think we're meant to know. I mean, I love communicating and trying to find evidence, but I'm not the guy to figure out why, why somebody or something is quote unquote haunting this place. Or if it is something with extraterrestrials, why are they visiting here? I don't think we're meant to know. I think it's the thrill of the chase is what keeps people like me going after it. But it's just one of those things. I think once we are, once we're gone and we pass on, then it's going to be, you know, God sit down. I got some questions for you. And that's when I'm going to get my answers. But I don't think even the brightest minds, I don't, see how they can even answer any any of these questions because there are no facts but it was definitely a cool experience working on the show it was definitely a great experience working with a celebrity at her her level i mean a global pop icon you know <clears throat> and yeah. totally down to earth just hung out and talked with us like she was a neighbor you know so <clears throat> all around just a, a, a real cool experience 
No, that's so awesome. And yeah, some of the things you talked about made me think about like just diving into a new hobby or getting anything new. It's it's almost one of those things where, you know, the more you dig into something, the more questions you're going to have. So uh, no, I, I love that so much. So I'll, I'll switch it back over to you, Chris. Is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch in before we get into plugins? Um, no, man, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. What about you, Mike? Uh, no, I mean, you covered it all. I mean, we, like we were saying earlier, hopefully there's some more stuff beyond, uh, we got unidentified this year by the time this aired, this airs, it'll already be aired. So hopefully some <laughs> cool things coming next year. And, uh, when we're not filming, we're out somewhere every weekend, if it's not a holiday. So we love investigating with people. We love learning from each other. First time investigators, we learn from them all the time. So it's like, you know, anybody listening, just check out our website and join us on a ghost hunt somewhere because we will be we will be somewhere across this country every weekend. For sure. And that's a perfect segue into plug in. So I'll go back to, to Chris here. So where can people find more information about the Tennessee Ray Chasers and anything else you want to plug? Yeah, man. Uh, well, if you want to look at our event schedule or uh, anything else, you go to thewraithchasers.com. We are also on all outlets of social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for Wraith Chasers. Um, there, There is a little confusion when it comes to Tennessee Wraith Chasers and Wraith Chasers. Uh, it is a different entity in itself. So uh, when you're looking for us, just take the Tennessee out because we go way further out than Tennessee. You know, we're all over the country. So mm-hmm. we decided to kind of expand and kind of just drop the Tennessee and make it the Wraith Chasers because we're not just the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. We could be, one weekend, we could be the California Wraith Chasers or the Wisconsin <laughs> Wraith Chasers. You know what I'm saying? So uh, go to theraithchasers.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm at Chris TWC, at Mike TWC, or you can just look for us at the Wraith Chasers. And if you haven't experienced a paranormal investigation ever as a group, uh, I definitely think. Anybody out there who's listening, it's something you don't want to miss out on. It's a lot of fun. We take a very lighthearted approach. There are no experts, so don't feel weird about coming out and trying it. We're going to welcome you with open arms. And everybody else that comes to our events, uh, you know, we call them our Wraith Fam. They come to a lot of these events, and they can help you too, and they'll be more than happy to, to show you how it's done. Because some of them know more than we do. We learn from a lot of our guests how to do this and Make sure and check us out on Unidentified. Uh, it comes out uh, September 30th on Peacock. They're going to drop all the episodes at once, so you can enjoy them all at one time, because I know I like to binge. And then keep <laughs> looking for us in 2022, because we got a lot of very exciting things coming up. For sure. Now, I was looking at your event calendar. You definitely have a lot of exciting things planned, so I'm going to have to dig through that a little bit more myself. So, uh, Mike, uh, anything you want to add for plugins? Nope, Chris hit it all. Uh, I will throw in, uh, we're taking a nice little Wraith vacation in 2023, March of 2023. We're doing a cruise uh, to Mexico, so anybody can join us, and you can go to our website, of course, still, and figure out how to, or not figure out, click the link, and you can buy your tickets there or make payment plans for it, but uh, that's going to be another highlight, 2023 cruise to Mexico. No, so good, so awesome. Yeah, and once again, I mean, thank you both so much for taking the time to to sit down and do this. This was so much fun and very eye-opening, and I definitely look forward to Unidentified and all future projects and events you guys have going on. Oh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you having us. Of course, of course. All right, you guys take care. All right, brother. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. A link to the Wraith Chasers website, along with their social media handles, can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, send an email to juxtaposedjourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Or you can find Juxtaposed Journeys on Podmatch and request an interview that way, which quite a few people have been taking advantage of. Episode slots have been booked for the remainder of 2021, so definitely don't wait to add your name to the list. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner, and music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing and final mixing for this episode was done by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.